Oh, hey, good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's normally hosted by my friend David Menzies, whom you can hear in that beautiful new intro. But today it's myself, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and my friend and colleague, Tamara Ugolini. We're filling in for David while he's on special assignment. Tamara, how's it going today? And by the way, thanks for jumping in short notice to help me out. Well, it truly is a manic Monday on my end, and I think same with you over there, Sheila. Yeah, and nothing but meetings until I walked into this. So I'm sort of flying by the seat of my pants. But thankfully, you are also as equally organized as me. So you know exactly what's going on. I hope <laughs> I'm going to lean on you pretty Fingers hard the next three days. <laughs> anyway, I should tell everybody what we're doing because um, it's a really uh, packed sausage of a day, as David Menzies would say, um, because it is the anniversary of the Freedom Convoy. And so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about, uh, we want to talk to one of our journalists who is in on the ground in Ottawa. So I'll get all the loose ends tied up and then we'll jump straight into that. And then we want to preview a very special project that we've been working on behind the scenes. So I actually, I think we're going to preview first um, after we mm-hmm. talk to Alexa or before we talk to Alexa. Look, I'm already confused. I'm losing, <laughs> I'm losing control already. Uh, so this is uh, the Rebel News Daily Roundup. We stream on YouTube. Uh, but YouTube is a censorship platform. Now we're there because the kind of they don't want us to be there, but also there's 1.6 million sets of eyeballs there and we don't want to abandon you even if YouTube would love us to abandon you. So we stream there, but if you want to support the work that we do completely willingly, might I suggest that you migrate on over to a more freedom-minded platform like Rumble, um, which allows us to receive your support through a paid chat called a Rumble Rant. Um, So you can leave us one of those and we'll do our best to read those at the end of the show. There's also something called the Hyper Chat over on Odyssey and another freedom-minded platform. So if you want to support us, leave us a Hyper Chat on Odyssey. And if you just want to watch us on platforms that seem to be more freedom-oriented, there's also uh, Getter and Twitter nowadays. It used to be the worst censorship platform of all, but uh, no, not since Elon Musk took over. I'm not even sure he's a nice guy, but he... Uh, he could be a sinister billionaire. I'm not sure. But so far, he's letting people speak their minds. And uh, that's good enough for me. So I think that's it. Uh, Olivia, if I forgot one, I'm very, very sorry. But I, it's Twitter, uh, Rumble, Odyssey. Odyssey. Getter. Getter. Uh, I'm good. Anyway, we're, we're good. <laughs> Wherever you're watching is great. Uh, anyways, yeah, you can tell that... Uh, it really is a Monday over here at Rebel News. Um, but it is the anniversary of the Freedom Convoy. Mm-hmm. And I think the celebrations of the single largest human rights movement, I think, in Canadian history were a bit muted. And that has a lot to do with the government's actions to euthanize the protests the first time around. Um, you really don't want to be labeled a domestic terrorist. You also don't want to end up in jail for mischief. You also don't want to have your bank accounts frozen. And in in the case of people headed to Ottawa to protest, uh, they were threatening people with, uh, if I think it was if you brought a truck downtown, um, it was a, up to a $500,000 fine and up to a year in jail. So that's why this is not, you know, tens of thousands of people like we saw the first time around. But these people, God love them. It looks cold and uh, they were out there anyway, despite threats from the government. And um, I, I, I'm just so proud of the people who showed up. Yeah. And so to remind our viewers, in case you're not familiar, this was this past weekend was the one year anniversary of when the Freedom Convoy first 
started gathering and hitting the uh, our, our nation's capital in Ottawa, which is where all of our federal government buildings are, and you know where you would traditionally protest government action is you know at the front lawns of government buildings. It's um, the nation's town square. Like yes. you go to the town square to air your grievances. It's the nation's town square. If you have a, a national grievance, that's where you go. And so instead of upholding that constitutional freedom of protest and right to assemble um, and have your freedom of expression withheld or upheld, the Justin Trudeau liberals have instead withheld all of those constitutional freedoms and threatened continued punishment against people who want to continue to advocate and uphold those freedoms, um, even one year later to the anniversary. And despite there being, you know, three weeks of continually peaceful protests again in the nation's capital, um, opposing the way that can Canada was responding to the COVID pandemic through various restrictions and mandates. Um, and now, you know, people are, as Sheila, you already mentioned, too scared, really, and have too much on the line to risk losing their bank accounts, having their, their vehicles seized, going to jail. Um, it's really been a seizure of our, ta- our town square. You can no longer head on over there to air your grievances without threats of continued government overreach, even though you may be protesting that government overreach. Yeah. Our government used a never-before-used counterterrorism law on demonstrators in the nation's capital who were there to protest, frankly, government overreach. And they were peaceful for three weeks, almost four. No one is charged with sedition. No one is charged with terrorism. The majority of this is mischief-related stuff or counseling to commit mischief, which is like in and out, you'd never see the inside of a jail cell if even if you were convicted of multiple counts of mischief. It's really the crime of being annoying in a public place and the cops don't know what to do with you. So that's those are the charges but our government used a law that you would use for a 9-11 level event a pearl harbor level event um uh, an oklahoma bombing level event on people who had bouncy castles and hot tubs and who were honking sometimes in the nation's capital to protest Justin Trudeau. That's how delicate and fragile Justin Trudeau's ego is, that it he would consider it an act of national terrorism to boisterously oppose him in, like, our nation's capital, in the nation's town square. And so some of the actions that flowed from the invocation of that counterterrorism law, the Emergencies Act, resulted in people's bank accounts being seized, frozen, as though they were financiers of terror. So if you supported the truckers' convoy for freedom, you, it, you were treated as though you were giving money to Al-Qaeda. <laughs> they, they froze your bank account. If you wanted to qualify for uh, financing through one of the federal credit institutions, like, for example, Met for, Meant for Farmers, it's called Farm Credit Canada, it's a special federal farmers bank, you were denied financing for the crime of being a conservative farmer which is literally all of us. Um, <laughs> like, or just on. not even conservative, right? There are people from all political stripes yeah. there just fed up with the way that the government continued to squash constitutional rights and freedoms across the country throughout the COVID pandemic, uh, you know, pandemic as they yeah. would coin it. Um, and 
And this was really a groundswell of a truly grassroots Canadian through and through movement that was smeared and labeled by, you know, the lapdogs of the, the federal government and the media so that anyone who didn't see it for themselves or wasn't on the ground talking to the protesters was up like terrified in their yeah. condo with their blinds closed being wearing a mask <laughs> being given ptsd from some honks from yeah. transport trucks which i mean yeah th that's annoying but you know what i was way more annoyed with the way the government had been conducting itself unabated for two plus years than i was with some honks throughout coverage of this massive grassroots movement yeah and the leaders of the convoy the organizers of the convoy for example tamara leach she was imprisoned for weeks, weeks on mischief charges. Like if she were convicted of, she, by the way, she doesn't have a criminal record. So there's no point to hold her without bail. But they were holding her without bail on minor, minor mischief charges. She probably, worse comes to worse, probably would get a fine and some community service. Like it's not a jailable thing, particularly if you don't have any other trouble in your history. And even if you did, they wouldn't keep you for mischief. I mean, it's a nothing burger, uh, but they held her for weeks without bail. Uh, Pat King, um, another uh, convoy affiliated person. I think Pat King is wrong about a lot of stuff. I'd pretty sure he doesn't like me, but holding him on, on minor charges crazy crazy and just the his health deterioration while he was held behind bars makes me sick um mm -hmm. i i don't know if he'll ever recover from how he was treated um when he was in jail but anyways all that is to say we had alexa lavoie who was on the ground the first time around when the convoy rolled in she was back again to cover the convoy um celebrations the convoy anniversary these people who would not be intimidated by their own government uh, they were out again. So let's go to the first video um, because government overreach was back too. So the protesters are back, but also <laughs> bring on the tyranny. Uh, law enforcement banned two young men from Parliament Hill for 100 days for the stick that they were holding because there's a flag on it. So BLM flags, fine and dandy. Um, anarchist flags, perfect. Um, your union flags, by the way, your commie unionist flags, um, those fine and dandy, but don't you dare hold an F Trudeau flag down there or even a Canadian flag. Uh, cops don't like those. Why don't we roll that video? Oh, they're arresting him for carrying a flag. Well, we're all carrying flags. And another guy, because it has a broom handle and, a, and another one has a hockey stick. Stupid! Stupid! So the guy with his painter pose allowed, you're allowed a painter pose, but not a hockey stick. You're not, they don't want us to protest, dude. It's just a little stick to put his flag on, for Christ's sakes. Well, I, was, I wasn't allowed in because my pole is longer than two meters. Just seeing how restricted the lawns to the parliament buildings are, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. 
I guess flagpoles are illegal now in Canada. Not all flagpoles, just it depends on what's on the end of the flagpole, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Imagine it's sickening. To, imagine going to RCMP Depot and that's what you do when you get out, you know? Which is, it's, I don't, it, it's crazy because we have seen protests subsequent to the Freedom Convoy where, you know, like the PSAC union is protesting and they've got their stupid commie flags and they're flying those and those are fine. Fly your flag, but you show up to protest Justin Trudeau's tyrannical overreach and crack down on free association, free assembly. And what do they do? Crack down on free association and free assembly. And then out of in his next press conference, it'll be, we care about Canadians' yeah. constitutional rights and freedoms and freedom to assemble. And it's like, but wait, just two days ago, you were arresting people for assembling and flying a flag that you disagreed with. It's not like he threatened anybody <laughs> with that flag either. It's not like he's like, I'm going to bash this flag across your head. None of that. He's just like holding his flag, but... Um, Risque these days. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the second video of Alexa, and then we'll go right to Alexa. Uh, then we'll go to the at sneak peek of something that we're doing, and then we'll oh, go to Alexa. Sorry, we're running a little bit behind. Uh, policemen intervened to ask demonstrators to get their chairs off the street. Um, and again, more the war on flags. Unbelievable. Dirksen, watch your back. Freedom! Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey! Hands off our stuff! Hands off our stuff! Hey, hey! Hands off our property! That's private property! Excuse me! Excuse me! That is private property! Unhand it! Unhand it! Give her her property back! He's got a call for backup now. Dangerous flag waivers. No, she does not need to ID. I don't need ID. I'd like to need to ID. Give her her damn property back. That's you last night, right? Hey, don't you dare touch me. Tell this guy not to touch me. Get this fucking guy out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Sorry, should have had a language warning. Same guy. How many times? How many times? Try to touch. Try to touch my fucking property, buddy. Try. Try it. Bring in the police. Call the OPP. Call the OPS. Call whoever you want. You're the same people in here last night breaking on people's charter, infringing on everyone's rights. Get the hell out of here. Jen, I'm going to stop right here because there's something I want to point out, and it, it came to my attention last week. And, you know, we, David and I have talked a little bit about police morale these days and how it's like rock bottom in Calgary, rock bottom in Edmonton. I'm sure it's rock bottom in Ottawa. Uh, it's my understanding that uh, RCMP officer in small town Alberta who is in, 
intricately involved in some of the lockdown enforcement. He took his own life last week. Um, and that's the position these guys are put in. Like, like I said, I can't imagine that you go to RCMP Depot and you think like, I'm going to make the, the country I live in a better place, the community safer for the law abiding people. And then this is what your bosses ask you to do. Imagine what this does to the morale in the hearts of these men. I, after hearing about that cop last week, I thought, you know, what a, what a terrible, like we, yeah, you know, like I'm just following, uh, I'm just following orders is not a great excuse. Uh, these guys are in a terrible, terrible spot. And I always think back to the one cop that was at Grace Life Church. And he said, I come because I don't want to be here. And I don't want the cops who want to be here to come at all. Um, and so we really don't know what's in the hearts of these men when they do these things. And I'm trying to be more compassionate than I have been to, uh, to acknowledge the, the tough spot these guys are in. The politicization of the police yeah. has been something I never thought we would witness in what's supposed to be, you know, the true North strong and free country of Canada, but yeah. uh, just shows you the reign of terror that Justin Trudeau has over the country. So um, I think we do have Alexa waiting, but first we want to show this quick little preview of a new documentary we have coming up. Yes. New documentary project from our head of documentaries, Key and Simone, who's been doing, I think, about three people's job this past week. Um, so uh, I don't know how he finds time to do the things that he does, but we've got a new documentary coming out um, about the Public Order Emergency Commission uh, that were, you know, our, we were there from beginning to end. And so Kian, while he was there, while he was helping us report the news, he was also working on this very important documentary that's coming in the middle of February. I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis when violent and fanatical men are attempting to destroy the unity and the freedom of Canada. But after weeks of dangerous and unlawful activities, after weeks of people being harassed in their neighborhoods and small businesses forced to close, as democracy flourishes in Canada, we don't always agree, and that's okay. Because individual liberty is cherished in Canada. Our government will always defend freedom of expression and freedom of peaceful assembly. It has now been demonstrated to us by a few misguided persons. After evidence of increased ideologically motivated violent extremism activity across the country. Just how fragile a democratic society can be. It became clear that local and provincial authorities needed more tools to restore order and keep people safe. These are matters of the utmost gravity, and I want to tell you what the government is doing to deal with them. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act. The public's legitimate right to know why the government proclaimed an emergency and whether the actions it took were appropriate. It is our view that there was no justification whatsoever to invoke the Emergencies Act. It's so tough to watch. There's no reason for that. They were literally running the horses through the crowd. The police came straight to me and he targeted me and he, he, he took his gun 
of tear gas and he actually shoot me directly in my legs. Was it worth invoking the Emergencies Act, ma'am, to trample on the rights and freedoms of Canadians? Why do you think excessive honking means means that the government should strip citizens away from their rights? Our next and final witness is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Order a lot. Have you checked out the fresh new swag we have at rebelnewsstore.com? Like this nifty resistance trucker sweater? We have warm, cozy sweaters, t-shirts, mugs, hats, phone cases, you name it. Everything to fit your freedom-loving needs or maybe even trigger a liberal family member or friend. And for a limited time, you can use code TAMARA10 at checkout to save 10% off of your total order. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com, check out all of our new designs, make some purchases, and use code TAMARA, that's T-A-M-A-R-A, -A 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Head on over and check it out. Oh, hi, Alexa. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for braving what looked to be kind of snowy and inclement uh, conditions in Ottawa to bring people. We say the other side of the story, but really it's the story um, that the CBC and the mainstream media who are in literally in Ottawa are too scared to bring us. Um, tell us what the uh, feeling was like on the ground. How many people were there? Was it as jubilant or were they sort of subdued? Uh, because of the threat of the federal government taking everything they own? I would say like about 200 people and close to 300 people show up uh, on Saturday, a little bit less on Sunday. Um, I would say with all the police enforcement presence was uh, incredible. I uh, It was, I think, big overreacting and more police were on the ground than protesters and uh, they had like towing truck waiting uh, for order. I did talk with the towing truck guy and he told me that they were not, it was not the only one waiting. So many of them were a little bit of strategic, strategic point uh, around downtown core and they were paid by the city to wait uh, there for order to be given to them. Um, I know that some people were really frustrated on Saturday to arrive on scene because if their car had like sticker or flag on it, they were stopped by the police right away, like caught in front of their car saying that, you know, you cannot go uh, further more. You need to turn around and go back where you come from. Some of them needed to go back uh, where they come from too. So they were really frustrated for that. So probably it's why um, there was not as many people on the scene, but the ambience was actually great. Everybody were uh, celebrating the first year anniversary of the Freedom Convoy. Um, unfortunately, we saw zero tolerance coming from uh, bylaw officer and police officer also, um, because some of the protesters are come from Ottawa and they still protest since many, many weeks. They are always at the Parliament Hill. They can bring whatever they want, but this weekend, zero tolerance. Everything that they used to bring, they were not capable to bring it back for two days during this weekend. So it's why the frustration of the protester did increase and also 
the fact that they just put some chair and some flag in the snowbank, they were not allowed, and the stick that they were holding their flag, if they were not um, perfectly, um, like they needed to be under two meter in softwood or in other like material, not hardwood, uh, they were not permitted to bring it in Parliament Hill. So it was like just the fact that they were putting so much rule that the protester was like, why are you doing that? And the funny fact is to see a counter protester coming with her child and uh, starting to do some agitation. And she knew that something was being provoked and she hit two people. At the, uh, in Parliament Hill, she was not arrested. She was not charged for anything. She just been released. And when we saw that two young men, 16 and 18 years old, being arrested and cuffed, bring to the car, uh, they wanted to do some charges against them for trespassing because their stick was not correctly in order with like the the rule that they put in place. I think like you have a really a big different like rule between like protesters that are for the convoy and the protest the counter protesters who are against it. Yeah, this arbitrary rule gathering seems to be this phenomenon that has really plagued you know, all levels of government throughout the COVID narrative. You know, all of a sudden, any stick longer than two meters is subject to being arrested, but you can <laughs> assault someone as long as you have the correct political views, then that's tolerated and that's okay. And I mean, I'd like to know if there's even a formal bylaw in place here. Is this like another emergency measure? Do you know, Alexa? So I think it's uh, every every rule was enforced by mostly bylaw officer. So I think it's uh, because they, they 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 passed the bill 100, and I don't know it's uh, a part of the rule that come from that new law that permit uh, police officer to enforce more regulation. So I think um, this weekend they actually uh, engaged that new. Um, built for uh, enforcing protection into the city. It's, uh, I guess the good news about the flag ban is that it makes it hard for liberal activists to stage fake flags in the crowd when all flags are banned. Um, but also, you know, you just mentioned this increase in enforcement, but it sounds like they didn't actually need it once again, because 23 vehicles were towed without invoking the Emergencies Act. That's odd. <laughs> and dozens of tickets issued um, over the weekend, again, without invoking the Emergencies Act. These are all things they could have done the first time around, but they were also advised to take a hands-off approach in what they called the red zone. And we need to mention that the two arrests, no charge was given to the two young men, only 100-day ban on Parliament Hill. I did talk with the, the person who organized the event and another man who stayed there for all time told me that oh, no ticket was given to the protester and the car was not really related to uh, nobody that came for the protest. So it's probably normal citizen who didn't see like the sign that right. had the <laughs> sign that you can you can be tore away because it's a special event. And but no no mainstream mentioned that that 
maybe all the ticket and the towing right. car is not related to the protest. This is a really crucial information that they should have said. Oh, but by the way, like nobody in the protest did cause any uh, disturbing or damage uh, of the city. But what is actually funny is like the profilage that the police did do for the freedom convoy protester to stop every car if you had any sign of freedom or like supporting the convoy that you were stopped. I saw the video, it would be in my report, but I saw lots of car going and a car with a flag and you see the police just cut in front of the, the truck and say, no, you don't pass. Okay, but why? She doesn't do anything wrong. She's just going to park for going to join people in Parliament Hill. Anyway, Wellington was barricade everywhere. So you were not even capable to just go close. So what is the matter? What What is the problem there? Yeah, and as we saw the small preview too of that documentary that we're going to be releasing in a couple weeks, is that Trudeau clearly says that he, you know, we always uphold the right to assemble, the right to protest. And here they are one year later without invoking unprecedented emergency powers, still squashing the right to assemble and the right to protest. Yeah, and, and I would say it's just, you. I think, what they did is like a little bit infringing the right of protesting and also like threatening people with like $500,000 fine or a year in jail. If you mm -hmm. any help or engage anything that is related to a convoy or a blockage or anything else, this is insane. When we think that some people would do more atrocity in, in life, get less than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's shocking how people are being treated in the nation's capital that um, you can strip away their rights just for the um, convenience and comfort of others. Like it's it's that the people downtown don't want to be annoyed or look at these blue collar people protesting. You know what? Maybe don't move to the nation's capital where all the protests happen. And I'd love to know how annoyed these people were during BLM protests. I think a lot of it has to do with how Justin Trudeau views a protest. Remember at the Public Order Emergency Commission, at the Trucker Commission, we are calling it, when he said, um, I support the right to protest, except insofar when those people are protesting to change public policy. I'm like, what the hell do you think protests are for? Like, what do you think they're, you can only go on out there if you agree with Justin Trudeau? Then that's not a protest, that's a support rally. That's like a support group. Um, that's not a protest. But it was a, it was a sneak peek into how uh, the left in this country views your right mm -hmm. to demonstrate or your human rights at all, right? Like I can, I, I think most of us can say, people I disagree with have a right to speak their minds and use a bank and hold a protest, people I am fundamentally opposed to, people who hate my guts have those rights. But I think on the left, they only extend those rights to the people with whom they agree. Yeah, and uh, I agree with you. And uh, by the way, like you, you were mentioning like 
horrible flag like to report yeah. and and uh funny thing uh Dave Chang was on scene and I saw him and I came to ask him like oh so you're here in case that something is happening because as you know in my previous report on the flag we we find out that he's the one who were selling the confederate uh flag yeah. on Getty Image so I I saw him he was just waiting it didn't really take picture. I was like, oh, it seems like you don't take a lot of picture today. Is it because there, there is no disturbing flag around? Yeah. <laughs> and I just left because I was just like, and he left after. It didn't stay like long. Yeah. He just thought it was just a normal protest and he didn't really take much picture. Yeah, because he's not there to report the news and show you the news. He's there to push an agenda. And there was no agenda that day to push because they banned flags so that they couldn't stage a flag. So then he had to go home. Exactly. So it was kind of funny because I was I, I was like, okay, I just need to go and ask him some questions. But as I say, like, it was really, I would say, arrogant. He didn't really want to engage conversation with me. And uh, afterwards, it didn't take a while, and I saw him, like, leaving. And I was like, okay, it's probably because he doesn't find what he's coming to search here. Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, censorious lunatics, um, you, you have a very busy day today. I think you have to uh, get ready to cover the anti-Jordan Peterson protest today. Um, so we'll let you go. Alexa, thanks for your hard work over the weekend. Um, our viewers trust you to bring them the news out of Ottawa that they can't get anywhere else. So thanks so much, Alexa. And, uh, and have a good uh, hand of life, life stream. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> thanks, okay. Alexa. Okay, let's uh, go to an ad break and we'll come back with um, our racism and LGBTQ, the rest of the alphabet portion of the show. If you want to look good and shine like me, you can do so at our store. Go to ribbonnewstore.com. On this website, you have so much different style to wear as this one, my favorite one, Justin Castro. With my code Alexa10, you will have 10% off on your next purchase. So don't hesitate. Go now and look so good like me. So fitting. We saw the resemblance there on the on our swag. And then we also saw the resemblance in that opening documentary, little sneak peek. Um, so eerie, by the way, like when when we were reviewing that, and I watched it, it was just so like gave me goosebumps. It just so eerie the way the two of them speak. And with such similarity, um, really, really creepy, creepy guys. Saying one thing, but actually meaning the exact opposite of the words coming out of their mouth. It's quite a talent those people have. Uh, yeah. Let's go to um, this one, which I think is crazy. And the reason I jumped over a few things to speed the show up a little bit, although we might go back, um, is because this one is <laughs> bizarre. Okay, so uh, it's from Tristan Hopper, who I believe once stopped a raccoon to death. And I'm, I'm you know what? I'm not sure who I'm cheering for there. But anyways, uh, first reading, National Arts Center to allow only Black identifying theater goers. A February 17th play will be open only to Black identifying uh, theater goers. So we're back to segregation. Is that what 
are we using different water fountains too here, guys? Anyways, whites, Asians, and others are advised to make other plans. Okay. Let's keep going because there's one, I've got a, a point to make in all of this. The National Arts Center. So this is a crown corporation funded by the federal government will be marking Black History Month, I guess, with segregation, with a performance at which only Black theater goers will be welcome. On February 17th, the center is hosting the first ever blackout night with black only performance of Is God Is at, this is the part, at Ottawa's Babs Asper Theater. Can we bring up a picture of Babs Asper, please? So this is named after Babs Asper, the sort of the matriarch of the Asper family, which Canadian um, philanthropist and involved in the media and stuff like that. Uh, you might be able to find it on Ezra's Twitter account if you have a picture of Babs Asper. Maybe not. There's Babs Asper. Babs Asper, <laughs> whom the theater is named after, would not be allowed to go to this showing of this thing in the theater that she's named after because of these like modern segregationists mm -hmm. how does that make any sense to anybody and i the worst part is we're all paying for this because this is a federally funded crown corporation thing that's the part that really jumped out to me is when it was you know it's it's federally funded and i mean unsurprising at this point that the federal government would be funding something that's literally racism 101. Um, <laughs> but also you only have to be black identifying, right? So does that mean that I can go in and show up and be like, well, I identify as black and who are you to discriminate against me and join in on all the fun? Or, you know, what would happen to someone if they tried to just be black identifying for the day? Because that seems to be how these alphabet soup groups work is that you can be whoever you want to be under the umbrella of tolerance and inclusion. And so if I'd like to identify as black for the day and attend this black identifying only thing, um, is God is that's a, I'm sure a whole other topic. I don't even oh. know what that really means. I feel there's um, going to be heresy. <laughs> my, <laughs> my heresy alarms are going to be going off. It says attendees will be will self-identify based on the honor system. So segregationists yeah. should um, be honorable. Okay. Um, no one will be turned away at the door. There will be no checkpoints for blackout night ticket holders and no questions will be asked about anyone's identity, race, or gender. Hmm. Oh, but then sure. toward the bottom, mm -hmm. where was it? It said uh, no one will be turned away, but then there will be guards or someone. Oh, here it is at the very, I think it's the last paragraph. If someone self-identifies as non as a non-black person and demands to enter the room, a member of our staff will be present to chat with this person. We try our best to have this labor land on a non-black staff member and we will have non-black front of house leadership or technical and production team members present in the lobby to help de-escalate such situations. So like, we're even segregating oh. the interrogation by race. So if you show up and you're like, uh, I just want to come watch this. I've got curly hair. Maybe I'm black. Nope. Um, you're, I'm going to get interviewed by somebody about uh, why I feel that way. And that person is going to be non black identifying um, i guess because even like we're not allowed to even mix in this extent this is terrible um if you look the event was pitched as an experience quote 
free from the white gaze and has since been taken up by theater companies across the Anglosphere. So white people can't look at you. What are you going to catch from me? White cooties? Like, I, I, it's, I'm speechless. I don't understand how somebody thought that this was okay to do. Um, and if you want to do it in like your gross little private theater group, I don't care. I'm definitely not coming. I don't know if you've picked up, but I'm not much of a theater person. Um, but, um, because you want to be free from the white gaze, that's bigotry. What is coming out of my eyeballs that's so upsetting to these people? Well, it goes on to say that people get out of their seats to go to the bathroom when they need it. Like as though, I guess, having white people in the audience would prevent you from <laughs> doing that somehow. Um, people spoke. People laughed loudly. Talked back. People okay. texted with their ringers off and screens turned low. I mean, wow. Apparently... <laughs> Um, if there was white attendees, they would definitely keep their ringers on and their screen brightness would be turned way up high. Like, how dare they? Did you know my phone's got a white people setting? And so, <laughs> and so it comes on uh, like when I'm in church, when my phone is supposed to be turned off, I just hit the white people setting and it comes on and it's really obnoxious and bright. Is that what these people think? Like, what is wrong with them? I'm just... I, this is crazy. Who signs up for this sort of racial segregation and thinks like, oh, look, this is this is a step towards inclusivity and a yes, more tolerant very progressive. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Under the name of yeah, being progressive. I wonder, I would be so interested to know, though, just how many tickets are sold for this particular night compared to the other nights. You know, are people actually going to engage in this I mean, straight up theater. It's it's all it's theater in a theatrical show, but it's also theater under this this progressive umbrella of inclusivity and tolerance and I don't know I'm interested to know how many people would take part in it how does purposefully keeping us apart from each other make us more comfortable with each other like that's the part that I just can't get my head around so you want us to think like everybody is is one race the human race that's where I'm at but you want us to stay apart from each other and that's going to foster more what inclusion for I sure guess. inclusion yeah. inclusion but don't inclusion. ask too many questions Sheila because you don't want your bank account to be seized <laughs> yeah yeah I'll get interrogated by another white person <laughs> but why I'm there wow let's show this vid in the first time I'm still not convinced that this is not a goof like I, I'm not convinced that this is this isn't a gag being played on us by somebody. I I saw online maybe it was like uh, a a comedian doing this or whatever, but I'm not sure. A 59 year old farmer from Finland who uses the word minamaria, um, and then some uh, Finnish last name where they have literally bought all the vowels, uh, performed at the opening ceremony of the European Figure Skating Championships. Um, I know I watched this and I was like, oh, great. Well, I saw the clip. I saw like the, somebody setting the clip up and I'm like, oh, great. Some, some guy, some hockey player from Finland, because I just assumed that all the men in Finland are great hockey players, a la Timu Solani. He's going to come out, hit a quad, another quad, another quad, do a backflip in a dress. And everyone's going to be like, look at that. That's beautiful. Real step for women. But no, (laughs) the guy they picked instead. Instead, it went completely the other way, and we're still supposed to think it's a beautiful accomplishment for women. So 
Uh, there's no, we don't win here, ladies. That's all I'm saying. Let's show this clip. It's crazy. Ain ajatuksen lähteä toteuttamaan lapsuuden haaveita ja alkaa luistella naismoodissa, vaikka I love the Finnish language, by the way. Ja tuota, oh, this poor man identifying woman. No. Is this real? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, yeah, it's... In today's world, it's real. Because it seems like it's not. Like you can't even get back up. <laughs> oh, one small step for womankind right there. Again, if that's a gag, good job. <laughs> because now you've showed us that it doesn't matter if it is a powerful man just coming in and like laying waste to the competition like Leah Thomas or if it's an inept man stealing the show from the women who actually have worked at their skills forever. Um, but the fact that we, even if this is a joke, the fact that it could possibly be real proves that this is far beyond parody, that we can't even discern what's the jet, what's the joke, what's the gag and what is reality shows mm -hmm. how far this has gone off a cliff. Well, and it plays right into the hands of that Oakville teacher with those giant prosthetic breasts and that you would never in a million years have thought that someone yeah. of that magnitude would be in front of children teaching them in a woodshop class with like clear <laughs> safety hazards at play. And yet here we are in our upside down bizarro world thinking what is going on here that we're tiptoeing around people who are not qualified and not conducting their jobs as they're meant to be and we have to tiptoe around them and their feelings instead of uphold some some sort of professional standards around things like women's sports or teaching children in a classroom um <laughs> like the the fact that this person can barely even skate I mean, I hope that it's parody because my goodness, what kind of clown world are we descending or have we descended into if this is real life and we're no longer picking people on the merits of their talent or their their resume and their ability, but rather just how um, trans identifying or how black identifying they might be at any given day. Wear a dress, have long hair, you're a lady. That's what I've learned these last few years. Um, let's move on to this next one. I'm going to give a, and I'm not one to give trigger warning, but I do have a queasy stomach. And I do, oh, yes. I don't have uh, the constitution for hedonism or promiscuity. I just, it doesn't, like, it makes me nauseous. Like how I feel like when I'm looking at a bucket of earthworms, like that's how this stuff makes me feel. I have a visceral sort of, reaction to it like I sometimes I do dry heave looking at some of these things I'm like uh what was that where that rapper oh the like grinding X yeah, yeah. When he was grinding oh, on the so devil. bad my kids would show me that so I would dry heave because they thought it was funny I was like in tears dry heaving this does the same thing to me this is Sam Smith who people tell me I'm supposed to care about and who's supposed to be like a 
contemporary artists. This is why I have the same musical habits as everybody's 75 year old retired uncles, <laughs> because, because it's a little bit safer. Dolly and Merle don't leave me in these places. Um, so let's if again, if you don't have the constitution for these things, I can relate. Let's all suffer through this together. Uh, I have ginger ale or flavored water that tastes like ginger ale right beside me. So we'll get through this together. Sam Smith's new music video. I'm sorry in advance. Brace yourself. Like, is this urine streaming here or what is going on? Oh, I just, I can't. Yeah. I feel like I need to go and like sanitize. I don't use sanitizer, but in this instance, I would sanitize my eyes after watching this vile, grotesque display of just Hollywood degenerate culture. Really? Like it's, it's nasty and so unnecessary and provocative. They don't want. Like if you call them a cabal of perverts and Satanists, mm-hmm. they get offended. But I'm like, if I had to, like, if I asked AI to <laughs> to create a video of a cabal of perverts and weirdos in Hollywood and the music industry, I think the AI would come up with that. I think. Don't forget to add in a little word about some fetish weirdness because this just screams weird, vile fetishism in your face. But they want to read to your kids and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. They Invite them all like, for drag story hour here. Yeah. Which is gross. Just gross. That's just like a big writhing pile of hepatitis. It just, it just grosses me out so much. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to burp on into the microphone. So I was like... <laughs> Oh, yuck. I'm just now I'm sweating a little bit. I feel gross. Um, I can't even believe we're normalizing this sort of behavior and like wondering why the next generation is turning out to be a bunch of slothy, also degenerates with no respect for anyone. Um, Hi, this is the culture that you're propagating and pushing on everyone and calling anyone that denounces it or criticizes it a misogynist bigot. Well, and I'm going to call these people psychos. Um, who do these, who is this targeted to? Who are these psychos making this music for? It's not for me. I, I checked out of popular, popular culture a very, very long time ago. I'm safe with Coulter Wall. Um, but, but this is for like your 14 to 17 mm-hmm. to 19 year old uh, confused kids. That's who this is for. And we're going to make them more confused if they aren't being indoctrinated in the schools or being indoctrinated in popular culture. Um, and this is frightening. Uh, get your kids yeah. off their phones, uh, get them out of the movie theaters, take them outside, teach them how to shoot, get, get them running, get them playing, get them kicking a ball around, whatever you're doing. Uh, don't let them alone with electronics because this is going to be in their brain. And so many sadly are just here, have this free babysitter for the next several yeah. hours and just unabated. Uh, able to find content like that at very young, concerning ages. I if randomly, they're not, as you mentioned, already shown it at school, 
with yeah. content readily available in the libraries. I read uh, or I uh, routinely change the Wi-Fi password around here um, just to see how fr- how much my kids are on it. Cause then they'll come and ask me like, did you change the, are you being crazy again, mom? Did you change the Wi-Fi <laughs> password? It's just so that I know when they're, when they, if they're using it too much, like if they can go a day and they don't know that I changed the password, I feel good. I, I feel like I've raised kids with other interests other than, uh, YouTube, which I am currently streaming on. So I'm, you know, I, I realize that I'm in the system, but I, I, at least I'm trying to be an antidote to it also, mm-hmm. uh, let, speaking of uh, grossness, uh, let's go to Bill Gates uh, watching uh, an in- unvaccinated tennis player winning suddenly. Uh, Serbian superstar Novak Djokovic, he was deported last year <laughs> uh, by the Australian government as a danger to public health, um, and he was deemed likely to inspire civil unrest well he sure showed them because he didn't drop dead on the tennis court this year with a cardiac problem um he won his 22nd grand slam and bill gates who's the biggest vaccine pusher i think there is um why does he look like an actual human blob of soy by the way he's soy colored and everything um you know, he uh, he turned up to watch the unvaccinated player win and uh, not die. So that was cool. Do we have a video of that one? I don't think we have a video of him winning. We just have the news clip, which is fine. But we do have a video, this one. Do you have a video of Tucker Carlson? Do we have that? That everybody's up in arms because he joked about liberating Canada. And I'm like, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, he joked about, um, you know, look. Canada is not a good in a good spot right now. We're a country of great people um, run by lizards <laughs> in Ottawa. And uh, so he jokes about like, maybe we should liberate, liberate Canada. And I'm like, yep, I'm listening. What he got for me, it's a joke, but everybody is uptight, including the former uh, U.S. ambassador to Canada, who uh, must be just an insufferable person to be around because he's so boring and uh, can't take a joke. I mean, why should we stand back and let our biggest trading partner, the country with which we share the longest border, and actually, I could just say a great country. I love Canada. I've always loved Canada because of its natural beauty. Why should we let it become Cuba? Like, why, why don't we liberate it? We're spending all this money to liberate Ukraine from the Russians. Why are we not sending an armed force north to liberate Canada from Trudeau? And I mean it. I mean, why should we... Please... You know- send help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. Um, you know, he's asking it facetiously, but the point he's making is Ukraine is way over there. And look, I'm anti-invasion. I believe in Ukrainian sovereignty. Um, I be- that the same way I believe in Canadian sovereignty. I believe in the uh, independence of Alberta in, in whatever way that looks like. Uh, I believe in the sovereignty of the individual also, which is why I think that you should not allow your body to be invaded by substances that you don't want to be invaded by. Um, so he's asking the question. It's not like, well, what, let's get get the army and go up to Canada. He's saying, if we care so much about Ukraine, why don't we care about what's happening to Canada? Or are we turning a blind eye because this guy is Joe Biden's buddy? That's the question he's asking. But all the liberals on the internet are pretending that he was completely serious about 
you know, rolling tanks up into Ottawa. The only person who ever actually, con- I think probably seriously considered rolling tanks up into Ottawa was Mendicino and Bill Blair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> um, just zero sense of humor, obviously, as well. And uh, oddly enough, we still have a sense of humor, despite being squashed, ridiculed, labeled as you know, disinformation machines. And um, even still, you can try to find the humor, even if it's thinly veiled in some of these these discussions and talks. And yeah, absolutely. Tucker has my ear. Um, yeah. Send help, please. Like waving, <laughs> waving a flag. Although, you know, for temporary, that might only be temporarily allowed here in Canada, but waving that white flag, like, please come save us. Help us. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know why they're offended because they don't want to do the thought experiment. So they're going to be offended instead of answering the thought experiment that he just asked you to conduct in your mind. They can't do that because they know it reveals the hypocrisy in all of this. But uh, instead of answering that honestly, they just pretend to be outraged as a cover to their own ideological inconsistency. I think that's why they do that. Uh, sorry, we j- we went to Bill Gates and then we went to Tucker, but then let's go to Bill Gates quickly before we uh, wrap up. Maybe we have some chats, maybe we don't. Uh, Bill Gates, whose wife left him over his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, the child trafficker, uh, financier who got very, very rich all of a sudden, and nobody can quite put their finger on it because um, nobody really quite understood what he did for all that money. Um, he ended up with a, an island, a private island. And again, nobody really has been able to put together what he, how he, that all came together. But he would fly people to Lolita or no, I, a pedophile island. The lo- on yeah, the Lolita, Lolita Express. Express. Yeah. Um, and Bill Gates was on there. Bill Clinton was on there. Um, people who've never been called to task or forced to answer uh, about their relationship with uh, this child trafficker, sex trafficker. And also, um, you can tell how powerful the people are by how shut, um, what's her face is, uh, Gillian Maxwell's mouth is, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. co conspirator, the Carla Homolka in all of this. Uh, she's not talking and she could talk to save herself and she's not, which means she would rather live out her life in prison than uh, get the Epstein treatment, I think. Um, so Bill Gates claims he had no relationship with uh, with Jeffrey Epstein. And it was, you guys, it was just dinner. Uh, and I think we do have a video of this, right? Yeah, this okay. one we do. Perfect. Now, one of the issues that's dogged you is is that of your relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you regret the relationship that you maintained with him against Melinda's advice and wishes? Oh, I've said that I'm... I mean, this is... You're going way back in mm-hmm. time. But, yeah, I... New audience. I will say for the, you know, oh, over 100 time, yeah, I shouldn't have had uh, dinners with him. Um, Epstein had a way of sexually compromising people. Is that what Melinda was warning you about? No. I mean, it, it's, no, I, I had dinner with him uh, and that's all. And that you regret the relationship, the acquaintance? That I had dinner with him. And, and the relationship between the foundation and Epstein, which There was... never was any relationship of any kind. Um, one of the issues... He said dinners first. I don't know if anyone else caught that. Just yeah. dinners. Yeah. And then just dinner. 
Yeah. So which was it? And you know, there's a journalist, uh, an independent journalist, Whitney Webb, who's dug into the connection and the oddly her last name is Webb, but she's also tried to untangle this web of connections. And uh, what she discovered is that that Gates and Epstein go back to the late 80s. So anyone who's interested in learning a bit more isn't quite sure where all those connections come from. Um, she's done some great investigations into it. Yeah. And you have to like understand how weird these people are. Like I think some of the under I've gone down the Epstein rabbit hole for like four years, three years, whatever it is. Um that they were sort of concerning themselves with eugenics, like and to create this like they have like this sort of Nazi adjacent, Aryan adjacent ideology where they wanted to sort of make designer children and like this designer race of people a very weird just a weird bunch of people Mm -hmm. um and again describe me sinister billionaire satanist just like ai chat gpt make me one and it would come up with this it would be bill gates whose body language is always so suspicious too by Mm -hmm. the way um you can tell that he is keeping things at bay and not being uh, exactly truthful because he's always just kind of flinching. And there was that one video once where it was him and his younger years and he's just rocking. So, you know, these people have, have various mental things happening and they're also in the, in the forefront of policy direction throughout the COVID pandemic. But I would argue even earlier than that, um, advising governments and pushing, lobbying them and giving them grants and funding for various things um, as these unelected weirdos. Yeah. Uh, Bill Gates has been around forever. And so he does like one good thing and then 30 sinister things. So he will be part of like the let's um, give out malaria nets in the developing world. Great. But wouldn't it be great if we used um, actual um, DDT to get rid of the mosquitoes? Because by the way, friends, the whole like everything you know about DDT is wrong, completely wrong. Um but anyways, he's like, let's give out malaria nets. In the meantime, let's push all these climate change agendas that make sure that these people never have a house with windows so, so that they have to use a malaria net at all, you know? Um, so, it, you know, they sort of cloak all their crazy, bad uh, lizard control overlord stuff in like two good things. They're like, oh, look they're doing great things oh they gave out some computers to kids in school in the meantime they're like buying up all the farmland in north america so i don't know yeah it's always like yeah it's it's like the wizard of oz right it's the like oh you know like pull back the curtain and it's like a little goblin pulling all the levers (laughs) of society that's uh that's who bill gates is inside of him there's a goblin pulling levers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's why his belly's so big. <laughs> oh, so bad. And we have a funny clip to play at the very end of the live stream. And I don't think there was any chats today. No, um, we're good. All right. So thanks everyone at home for joining us and join us again, not us necessarily, but someone, another rebel, hopefully David Menzies tomorrow, same time and place. <laughs> I think it's and me. You. Oh. <laughs> Actually, it's us. That's right. It is okay. us. Okay, same great. time okay, and place tomorrow. So everyone at home and send us some chats then. We'd love to hear from you.